Hello, lovely listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and for their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Queens began throwing things at the cops. She goes on to say, I have been given credit for throwing the first Molotov cocktail, but I always correct it. I threw the second, not the first. Hi, everyone. This is Carmen. And this is Christina. And we are Historias Unknown. Today, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Well, today, Carmen, I will be telling you about Silvia Rivera, um, which you know a little bit about, right? Um, I've learned a little bit about her. Okay, well, I had no idea about her, shamelessly, I guess. So yeah, that's why I'm covering it. Oh, and because when this comes out, it'll be, I think, the first or second day of Pride. So I was like, oh, perfect timing. Trigger warning, her story is hard to uh, listen to. There is child sexual abuse so and you know what uh-huh. oh sorry i was gonna say i actually don't know anything about like her life i know about her involvement in uh stonewall and besides that i don't know anything else oh so. okay well you're gonna learn today <laughs> but yes let me continue with that there is mention of child sexual assault and uh suicide so if those are two things that are triggers for you then Listen with caution or don't listen. That's okay. (laughs) Okay, so um, Silvia Rivera was born on July 2nd in 1951 in New York City. She's often remembered for the Stonewall Uprising, which you mentioned, Carmen. Mm -hmm. But she was much more than that. She identified as a drag queen. Um, At the time, I think there was not, like, trans was not a word people use. So she often, like, in her interviews and her speeches she will use like dyke butch transvestite i'm gonna be replacing those words i'm not gonna be using them yeah yeah (laughs) that's the that's like the lingo they back then and what they used Mm -hmm. but today i will not be using that oh you know what before i go into her story i want to tell you something that i overheard at the park carmen that brought me joy hmm So I was at the park with my children and there was a group of like older kids, like maybe tweens, 10 year olds. And they looked like cool little 10 year olds. Like one was skateboarding wearing a beanie. The other one had like blue hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, so they were, um, it was like the two of them, they were hanging out and they found, there was another group of like three 10 year olds that got there and they were sitting on a bench on their phones, like snacking. And the the two that I um that were like further away were trying to convince each other to go ask them to play tag. Oh my god. And they were like, No, you do it, no, you do it. And then one of them was like, If you don't do it, you're a homophobe. And I was like, What? Like, you know what um, I mean? Wow. <laughs> if that was in our day, they'd be like, if you don't do it, and they would proceed to use some kind of slur. Yes, we would probably have used gay as a slur. Yeah, and it's not a slur, but that's how we used it growing up. And just to yeah. hear these little children it's say like that. Now, now the offend, offending thing to be is a homophobe. Yeah, and I thought that was beautiful. I love it. Yeah, and it brought, I was like, wow, there's hope for these little children because, my God, we need hope these days. Yeah. <laughs> and then they uh, finally went over there and they're like, you want to play tag? And the kids just put down their phones. They were like, yeah. They all played tag, and then it started raining, and I went home with my children. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but yeah, I was like, that was that was amazing. So I just I needed to mention it. <laughs> now I shall proceed with this sad story. Also inspiring, you could say. One could okay. say. One could say, yeah. 
So she identified as a drag queen. She was a trans rights activist, an advocate for unhoused people, and a member of the Gay Liberation Front, which was a coalition of gay liberation groups that formed in 1969 after the Stonewall Uprising. And I'm going to be using uprising. People don't like riots, but I'm I'm going to call it an uprising. I think it's the right term. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she was born and raised in New York City. Her father was Puerto Rican and her mother was Venezuelan. Her early life was not an easy one. Her father abandoned the family when she was a baby. And at age three, her mother died by suicide and attempted to kill Silvia, Silvia uh, Rivera at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she was then raised by her Venezuelan grandmother and her grandmother, who she called Viejita. That's what she called her, not Abuelita, but Viejita. Um, she sadly was a product of her time, you could say. So she was homophobic and racist. Mm. Uh, her grandmother would beat her and tell her she did not want her. Uh, she wanted a white grandchild and Silvia was not that. She resembled her dark-skinned Puerto Rican father. I hate it. I hate it already. Yeah. Uh, sad home home life. By age seven, Silvia was regularly raped by her 14-year-old male cousin though when talking about it sylvia would say she was having sex with her 14 year old cousin oh my god what how old was she she was seven. Oh god okay he was 14 yeah right yeah for sure but when you hear interviews about her talking about it she says having sex mm. And in fourth grade, uh, Sylvia would wear makeup to school. And when her grandmother was home, wasn't home, she would try on her grandmother's clothes. Uh, at age 10, again, these are Sylvia's words, but she was having sex with her fifth grade teacher, who was a married man. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now we would say her fifth grade teacher was abusing her. And yeah, but at the time, she she would say having sex. It was also at this age that she turned to sex work. She says that she wanted things her grandmother could not afford for her. Oh, my God. She was so young. Yeah. So, so, so small. Ten. The age of the kids I mentioned at the like at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, that's hard. So at this age, uh, she was regularly having sex, like a lot of sex uh, with boys and men. Um, th- I, This is a different, I guess topic but it just like because you mentioned she she became or got into i guess like sex work yeah sex work trafficking herself i don't know what the word is because she was underage you know what i mean yeah and so you know there's this whole thing about child trafficking (laughs) um i feel like last year was a little bit more in the media or on instagram being peddled by (laughs) QAnon people. Yeah. And, you know, the whole ridiculous wafer shit. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole ridiculous save the children. Well, I guess the idea is not ridiculous to save the children, but But the people who were using the hashtag had zero idea about what child trafficking really looks like. This is what it looks like. And it does not look like a stranger following you at walmart to steal your children or or writing tricks on you writing on the back of cars and target that's what i was gonna say that this is and have you heard the newest one how no text messages but really those are phishing scams for taking your money it's not because they want to traffic you how would they even know like you know but people are getting like scamming texts and they're like and they think it has to do with trafficking this is child trafficking yes oh my god and so yeah i think people that think that's what trafficking child trafficking looks like you have to think about no like the children that become involved with the trafficking world are vulnerable children and like you said sylvia herself said 
um, I wanted or needed things that my grandma wasn't giving me. And uh-huh. usually that is how children become involved with child trafficking. You know what and I mean? And they're usually abused already, like in her case yes. with her yeah. teacher, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her cousin. And yeah. And what these narratives, these fake conspiracies leave out is that these kids are usually black and brown trans children or yeah. LGBT. LG- anyone in the lgbtq um ia is that yeah yes oh community. yeah and community so it's that's, yeah. they are the most vulnerable to this and they are the often left out of these conversations and they become more vulnerable when the families don't accept them and then push them out into the streets and it's like how do they survive you know what i mean so it's terrible back to uh sylvia so uh, after she got into sex work, then she was like doing it a lot, a lot at home with boys and men. Her grandmother would come home and say that it smelled like a French whorehouse. Those, those are her grandmother's oh words. God. Uh, Sylvia would get beatings for this behavior. And one day a neighbor told her grandmother that they spotted Sylvia on 42nd Street. 42nd Street was like the red light st- district of New York City in the 1960s. I don't know if that's still the case. It might be. I have no idea. I mean, usually... I don't know. I've never been to New York. Me neither. But usually red light districts stay the same, don't they? Yeah. When the neighbor told Sylvia's grandmother this, she yelled and beat Sylvia far worse than ever before. And this took a toll on Sylvia, and she did attempt to die by suicide after this. And after her long hospital stay, she then left home and for good and turned to sex work to survive. And again, and how, this is, how old was she at this point? Uh, 14. Oh, okay. Or 13. I think it was 13. Mm, so young. Yeah. And what if the grandmother had responded appropriately and asked herself, what is Sylvia getting out there that she's not getting here? Mm-hmm. How is beating her going to change his behavior? It's not. You know, like, it's just... Yeah, and then in later interviews, uh, Sylvia would say, like, she she loved me in her own way, but it wasn't, like, real love. I didn't have real love anywhere. And and that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. In an interview, Sylvia would uh, said, you could sell anything on the streets, and that at... And at that age, it was far easier to get paid for sex work. And that's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I've heard that, too, like from different like uh, trafficking like videos and whatever documentaries I watched. I've uh, and they even interviewed like traffickers and they're like, well, you want to get them like at the age of 10 to 13. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. I can't say it. Like I'm absolutely disgusted. Yes. Yeah. That's the age she was at. Um, And she says... I knew what I was. I And again, these are her words. I don't think she was this. But she says, mm-hmm. I knew what I was. I knew I was a whore. But these men were far worse because they were pretending to be something they weren't. And in reality, they were disgusting for seeking sex from young boys and girls while pretending to be holier than thou. And yeah, well, I don't agree or, you know, with herself calling her that when she was younger. Me neither. I mean, when you're an adult, if you want to call yourself a whore that's whatever but like you know as an underage youth (laughs) she was just trying to survive yeah but yeah these men Mm -hmm. out there looking for children to sexually abuse and assault fucking disgusting absolutely disgusting yeah and and not to go back again to all the conspiracy theories that are still going on about like say the children and hollywood and like it's like hollywood yeah shut up shut (laughs) the fuck up sorry go on no no you're right but it's not just hollywood and that's what these people don't understand it's your regular people in any street it's your uncles yes it's your cousins yes it's fucking fathers it's fucking teachers Mm -hmm. it's literally people you know and yeah Yeah. if if your children are involved like in hollywood whatever they might be exposed to that yeah yeah because it doesn't matter where or who it's everyone not everyone but you know what i'm saying people who have access to children Yeah, exactly. So there's not like weird rings in Hollywood. It's that there's just happens to be predators there, just like there's predators in it in any walk of life. Like, you yeah, know? yeah. It's just and it's just so annoying. But anyway, back to Sylvia because I don't want to keep going back to that. But it's just things she says resonate with you know with all those 
Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, Sylvia was in and out of jail after this. One of the charges she was frequently picked up for was, this is the name of the charge, upper head female impersonation. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Can you, can you like guess what that is? Because she was quote, unquote, whatever, however people say that pretending to be a woman. Yeah. So this was a pre-existing New York City law that made it illegal for anyone to be masked or in any manner disguised by unusual or unnatural attire or facial alteration and uh, or anyone who congregated in a public place with people masked or disguised except for authorized masquerade parties or parades. It was enacted in 1946 to prevent tenant farmers from from protesting their landlords because they would like try to hide from their landlords. Oh, my God. Um, but the another uh, <laughs> another law that just created to oppress landlords. <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. God. So this was later on used by police to target LGBTQIA plus folks, but especially the trans people or drag queens, as uh, Sylvia will refer to them. Uh, so after leaving home for the streets, Sylvia Rivera met a black street queen named Marsha P. Johnson, and they would become best friends. She was like a big sister to her. Um, Marsha P. Johnson taught Sylvia Rivera everything she knew about makeup, surviving in the streets, and about life. Uh, though many, including Marsha, state that both uh, her and Sylvia were not present the night that Stonewall began, they were both remembered as veterans of Stonewall. And Sylvia Rivera was known to like exaggerate her involvement <laughs> in mm. um, certain political movements. Uh, so when she says what happens, she's like, I was there the night it happened. Like, mm -hmm. But when you asked Marsha P. Johnson, she was like, no, I went to get her the second night from the park and we then participated. Um. Either way, they were there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but so the... Um, for those that may not know, the Stonewall Uprising, it was demonstrations by the gay community in response to a police raid that occurred on June 28, 1969 at the Stonewall Inn in Lower Manhattan, New York, in the Greenwich Village. Uh, police... Oh, you're pronouncing that wrong. Oh, shit. How you say it? On TV, they say Greenwich oh, or wow. something like I that. I would have never known that because it's freaking spelled like... I know. You well, have to be I from there to know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I've heard it pronounced like that, and I've heard people making fun of people who say Greenwich. Okay, well, I am one of those people, clearly. <laughs> I would be too if I had never heard it yeah, pronounced so right. So I, I'm, I'm like 99% okay, I will not be saying that term from here on okay, out. Okay, so. <laughs> well, go ahead and say Greenwich then. No, no, I won't be saying either one. <laughs> I'm just oh, gonna. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Lower Manhattan, New York. <laughs> after this moment, because <laughs> I don't want to further embarrass myself. <laughs> so, um, police became violent, and the people, for once, you know, they were not gonna take it anymore. They fought back. At the time, many bars didn't accept queer folks um, inside. Some accounts state that the Stonewall, Stonewall Inn was a gay bar owned by the mafia. But when asked, Sylvia Rivera said it wasn't a regular gay bar. They only allowed a few drag queens in there because they knew that it attracted police activity. But police raids on gay bars were normal. And the people the people usually targeted at these gay raids were trans folks because they stood out the most. Mm -hmm. So in this instance, fighting ensued and lasted three days, and a lot of people showed up in support for the gay community. And these three days are now celebrated yearly as Pride. And I had no idea that this was the origins of Pride until, of course, 2020, because I feel like a lot of us, like, oh, things we didn't, didn't know came out in 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I learned everything that I knew was wrong when I listened to You're Wrong About, so, and they have episodes on Stonewall. That's true. I didn't discover them until like after 2020 as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, but I think it was Instagram. Like there was like this page. Actually, yeah, I think that's where I saw it first on Instagram. Mm, yeah, that was shared like real history behind things. Yeah. So that's where I learned about what how Pride started. Mm -hmm. um, 
So the following is uh, Sylvia Rivera's account of the Stonewall Uprising. So it was June 27th, 1969, and it was a hot and muggy night, and Sylvia headed to the Stonewall Inn to dance. Though it was not a drag queen bar, Sylvia was allowed in because she knew people inside, and not many drag queens were allowed in. They brought too much police attention. Sylvia Rivera has said that the inn was a place for middle white class men to pick up young boys of different races. God. Mm-hmm. I never Disgusting. heard that before. That's what she said. Yeah. Because in other places, you'll read and they'll say the Stonewall Inn was a gay bar. But yeah, she... but this adds a different level of uh, what the fuck yeah, to it. Yeah, but she says, yeah. no, it was not a gay bar. Mm-hmm. It was this. This is wow. why it existed. So I don't know. I believe her. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah. So all of a sudden, police were inside, ordering people to line up and present IDs. Anyone without an ID and anyone not wearing at least three pieces of clothing that conformed to their birth assigned gender were to be arrested. That I did hear from the episode on You're Wrong About. Oh, okay. I, why haven't, I haven't listened to that one, I guess. Or I listened to it and forgot. I don't think so, because I discovered them way later and I didn't listen in order. That's what I get. And so there's episodes <laughs> that I'm like, oh yes, my God, I that didn't is what you to get. this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think this is one of them that I that I don't remember anything. Oh, that I didn't listen to because I accidentally skipped it. Yeah. So um, Sylvia Rivera said that um, there was gays over there, lesbians over there, freaks over there. And by freaks, she meant the drag queens and what she called real butch lesbians. And again, these were the trans folks. Mm-hmm. Just the language wasn't there at the time. <laughs> so one... Uh, and this is still according to Sylvia, um, one lesbian ar- resisted arrest. And as she resisted, she yelled for police, for people to do something. And then according to Sylvia, the queens began throwing things at the cops. She goes on to say, I have been given credit for throwing the first Molotov cocktail, but I always correct it. I threw the second, not the first. <laughs> I just love that because like, <laughs> because Marsha's like, no, we weren't there the first night. And then... <laughs> She's like, I threw the second cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Even like, even if it's not true, it's just, it's like, yeah, I would say that too. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, she has been credited credited as doing this. Um. The first two nights were more intense, with more violent clashes with the police, and demonstrations continued for about a week after this. And after that, um, more groups united to, like, fight for gay rights. And um, these groups were mainly the Gay Liberation Front and the Gay Activist Alliance, which Sylvia and Marsha both joined. But they were there for, I mean, they were there for everyone, but especially for trans people, which were the most marginalized. She, Sylvia Rivera thought that after Stonewall, there would be more unity among queer folk. But at these meetings, she found herself often excluded or talked about or made fun of. And it was either for being trans, for her accent, or for being Latine. And again, like Marsha, both Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, like, are at that inner, why do you say that? Intersection of like, race yeah and gender and and where sometimes some like feminist movements or gay movements they try to leave these things out but it's like these are the most marginalized groups and 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 they were even excluded from their own movement because yeah it's like when people talk about white feminism yes Mm -hmm. um and people talk about um gay rights the same way and something they talk about in the You're Wrong um, About episode about Stonewall. And I want to say it's the the gay, what is it? The li- the alliance you said? The f- gay the Activist Alliance. The Gay Activist Alliance. I think it was that one. It was. That they kind of, pri- they wanted to, I guess they were invested in like respectability politics. And they yes. wanted like gay people to like dress like nor like bet bis i'm not saying it right but they to be presentable and to be like respected and so they thought that um the trans community would 
like impede on that their image yes, that they were trying that is to make exactly and yeah. i will be talking about that too oh okay um but the and the gay liberation front was welcoming for everyone yeah yeah like more more radical more, more inviting yeah. and inclusive mm-hmm. but not the other one not the gaa mm-hmm. yeah during these uh protests and um sit-ins because they would do sit-ins at like gay bars um, mm-hmm. and refused to leave and so with the gay liberation front uh sylvia rivera and marsha p johnson were at, at one of these sit-ins and they were inspired to start star so uh together they co-founded star which stood for streets streets the original i guess the original name is streets transvestite action revolutionaries um mm. now i think maybe just street transgender action revolutionaries is because again mm-hmm. that's just what the what the words that they used so they they worked to help unhoused drag queens gay youth and trans women though they they welcomed everyone any unhoused person because they both experienced uh being unhoused so their um activism it was like for everyone they funded star through their own sex work and it was a refuge for um street kids they gave them meals and they uh people that were part of it um that lived there they they go on to like recount like that they would they would be elaborately cooked meals like Sylvia wow. went out all out to cook for these kids like <laughs> and and they called themselves their mothers um which is just beautiful yeah and yeah they gave them shelter they gave them clothes and they made sure to to try and get these kids to leave sex work so that and they did it so that the kids didn't have to mm. like they did when they were kids you know mm-hmm. um and they welcomed anyone that was unhoused so their first star house was a trailer um and 24 street kids along with them slept there and together in this trailer one day when sylvia and marsha were returning with food for the kids um they saw the trailer being dragged away by a truck and like they were still sleeping in there and most oh, wow. managed yeah most managed to leap out of the truck as it moved which is just crazy one one youth found themselves waking up in california oh my they god didn't, like they didn't wake up that's fucking terrible they didn't wake up and nobody woke them yeah. up as they jumped them out i guess i don't know but that's just that's terrible uh, so after this, they realized that they needed a more permanent building and they moved Star into 213th Second Avenue. And together with uh, the kids in the program, they by themselves fixed the electricity, they fixed the plumbing, the heating, they did it all together. Wow. Yeah. Um, they also taught um, kids who had left their home young, they taught them to read and write at Star. Um, and wow. like I mentioned, they fed everyone. They kept everyone closed. Um, the I feel like the ex- existence of Star itself was revolutionary. It was a community. They were there for each other. Like they they yeah they taught them to read, write. Like they ate together. They all worked together. Like that's just mm-hmm. unheard of almost. Um, and they also involved themselves in gay rights activism. So they worked with the um, Gay Liberation Front and the Gay Activist Alliance to advocate for laws to protect against discrimination. This was first introduced as Intro 475, which would prohibit discrimination in employment based on sexual orientation or preference. But the Gay Activist Alliance did not want to include trans people in this. Um, Because, again, it didn't... uh, How do you... How did you word it earlier? It impeded on their... They thought the bill wasn't going to pass if trans people were involved in the movement, which Mm -hmm. is fucked up because they are the most discriminated. Like, Yeah. It's annoying. It's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. Later on, because of the efforts of Star and Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson, it was brought in to include housing and public accommodation so they couldn't prohibit or they couldn't discriminate anyone on their sexual orientation or preference not even just at work but with housing because and they really advocated for this because of their experience with being unhoused and 
trouble finding work because they wanted to express themselves as who they were they wanted to wear makeup and they couldn't because they would then you know get caught the police would go and arrest them for Mm -hmm. presenting presenting themselves as women when they were men which is not the case um so they added that onto um the bill Sadly, the bill, it was introduced many times, killed many times. It wasn't passed until 1986, but they were there activating for it, advocating for it the whole time. Oh, during protests for this, um, a lot of people were arrested, but especially, again, especially trans people. But at some point, Silvia Rivera attempted to climb a wall of City Hall, like during one of these protests. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's just like, what? She went all out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sadly, by 1973, Star themselves had a decline in participation for um, gay movements because they they were having issues with housing. Uh, the first house lasted only a year when they and then they were evicted. Before leaving, they trashed the place. <laughs> Sylvia Rivera was quoted saying, "You fuck us over, we fuck you over." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Star moved locations several times after this. It was slowly dissolved just because they couldn't keep uh, funding it. Um, but but wow, if they would have like, yeah, it was. It seemed like a beautiful program. So after this, Sylvia Rivera continued to attempt to work with the GAA, uh, but it was difficult. Like they did just they did not want trans people in the movement. During a 1973 gay pride rally. Uh, the leader of the uh, Gay Activist Alliance, Jean O'Leary, in her speech, she denounced Sylvia Rivera, like, by name. And she stated that she was parod- parod- oh my God, parodying, parodying, making a parody mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say that word. Yeah, making a parody of womanhood. And she called drag queens women impersonators. Oh, so she was a turf before... The term came mm-hmm. along. Yeah. She was uh can you she um, was being a JK Rowling. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and can you um if if you don't know, if the people don't know, can you say what a TERF is? <laughs> um so TERF is it stands for trans exclusionary or ex- right, exclusionary, yeah. radical feminist. Mm-hmm. And basically it's so called feminists that like you just said, basically think that uh trans women are men taking away <laughs> taking away women's rights yeah. by pretending to be women. I mean there's more to it, but that's the most basic like yeah. description of it, yeah. So yeah, they were turfs before the term turf existed. Um wow. later Jane O'Leary would regret her words like later she would account but the damage was done like you know so at that rally um at that gay pride rally sylvia fought her way onto the stage and punched her people yeah on her way to the stage the people were hitting her and she could not believe that her own comrades who she was arrested time and time again she showed up for these people sorry i i thought I thought you were going to say she made it to the stage and punched Jean. No, I wish. No, she That's was hit what I on the way to stage. Yeah, it's worse. People are um, trash. Yeah. And yeah. they will, even though they're marginalized themselves, you know, they still act the same way as the oppressors to the people that are like, More I don't oppressed. know, in terms of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so when Sylvia finally made it on stage, she got up there and she told everyone, y'all better quiet down. You go to bars because of what drag queens did for you. And these bitches tell us to quit being ourselves. Exactly. And exactly. it's true. Yeah. Um, and basically she was like kicked off the stage and and like other not even Sylvia, but other drag queens were supposed to go on stage and like do their thing. And they were not allowed. Like she fought her way to say that. Um, and yeah, though, like I already said, Jean O'Leary would regret these words years later, like the damage was done and this incident hit Sylvia Rivera hard. She left the movement like for years. And after this occurred, she did attempt to die by suicide again. 
Wow. Um, and once she left the hospital, she left uh, the movement. She left New York City and she moved to Terrytown, New York. Here, she would have a catering business with her partner, and she also hosted drag shows in the um, Music Hall of Terrytown. And these performances, they can be seen in a documentary about Marsha P. Johnson. I kind of want to see. I've never been to a drag show, but they I, I've seen um, oh. people like share pictures and videos online, yeah. and they look fun. They are. Have you been to one? Yeah, I just said they are because oh. I've been to some. Okay, well, that would make sense why you would agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the library would do drag queen readings. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember why I didn't get to go. I think I was working when the only time they've done one. Oh, I was going to ask if it was COVID. <laughs> um, no, it was, it, was, it was before COVID and I wanted to take the child. Oh. But yeah, I think I was working when it, when it was announced. And, um, but I still, if they do one, I want to go because that sounds great. And people mm-hmm. were so mad about it on Facebook. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and for years, she didn't go back to New York City. Uh, shortly after the 1992 Pride March in New York City, Marsha P. Johnson was found dead in the Hudson River. Sylvia Rivera, along with other people, do not believe Marsha P. Johnson wow. killed herself because authorities tried to say it was uh, suicide. But in in so many interviews, Sylvia Rivera would like repeat again and again. No, me and Marsha had a deal. We would cross the river. What does she call it? The River Jordan. I think is how she would refer to it all the time. I didn't write it in my notes, but she would mm-hmm. always say like we would cross the river together. Like they were gonna die mm-hmm. together. So this is why she believed she didn't believe Sylvia or Sylvia Marsha P. Johnson would uh, die by suicide, and no one believed it. Like they think she was murdered. Um, which is a very strong possibility because she was a trans woman. Yeah. Um, so after receiving these news, Sylvia Rivera returned to New York City. She was unhoused and lived in the Gay Peers, which was a community of unhoused LGBTQIA people, like a community of them. And uh, she battled substance abuse throughout her whole life, but especially after the death of Marsha P. Johnson. Understandably. I mean, of course. But she still she still found time to advocate for her unhoused LGBTQIA community. Uh, she restarted Star in 2001, and she fought extensively for the passing of the New York City Transgender Rights Bill and for a trans-inclusive New York State Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act. And then when she restarted Star, they helped, uh, on top of doing those things, they also helped organize major protests for the murder of Amanda Milan. Do you know about that? I don't think I do. Okay. Well, she was a trans uh, black woman who was murdered in 2000. And they were trying to get the murder, um, not the murder, the charges as a hate crime. Because she was oh. a trans woman. That's what they were fighting for. And eventually, I don't think it happened. I'm pretty sure. But um, she was very outspoken and angry that trans folk, including herself, um, had again, time and time again, shown up for the entire gay community and they couldn't do the same for trans people because mm-hmm. they waited a month to start these protests and only 300 people showed up when, um, years before that, uh, a 21 year old, um, Matthew Shepard was murdered. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. They talk about him in the You're Wrong About episode. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't, yeah. I feel so like you haven't listened to it. Yeah. I feel like I should have listened to it though. <laughs> Well, clearly you did not. Anyway, yeah. Cause I'm You're like, wrong. Oh, did they talk to the... Yeah. <laughs> so um, he was uh, yeah, murdered for being gay. And um, she mentions, like, I was there during these protests. I was arrested protesting for Matthew Shepard. Um, and, and everyone showed up for Matthew Shepard. But they couldn't do the same for Amanda Milan. Um, mm-hmm. and it's true, like time and time again, drag queens came out to support all LGBTQIA efforts, but the gay and lesbian, the cis gay and cis lesbian community would not do the same for her and her children. Cause that's how she referred to all trans people Aww. as her children. Um, she would, um, at one point she went to a pride in Italy, they invited her and she spoke and they 
deems her the mother of trans people wow. at, at this event. And at this place now, there's a park named after her, wow. <laughs> which is beautiful. And even as she was dying, she didn't stop trying to fight for trans people. On her deathbed, she met with representatives for um, the or representatives of the Empire State Pride Agenda. And uh, she met with them to negotiate for trans inclusion in their policies and their agenda. So um, <laughs> even then, she was still fighting for everyone, you know. She passed away on February 19th, 2002 from liver cancer complications. And I want to add on something uh, she said in an interview with Randy Wicker in 1995. So she said, I left home at age 10 in 1961. I hustled on 42nd Street. The early 60s was not a good time for drag queens, effeminate boys or boys that wore makeup like we did. Back then, we were beat up by the police, by everybody. I didn't really come out as a drag queen until the late 60s when drag queens were arrested. What degradation there was. I remember the time I got arrested. I wasn't even in full drag. I was walking down the street and the cops just snatched me. People now want to call me a lesbian uh, because at this closer later in life, she had a partner uh, who was Julia. Mm. And she would say uh, because some people wanted to call her lesbian because she was with uh Julia, she would say, mm -hmm. no, I'm just me. I'm not lesbian. I'm tired of being labeled. I don't even like the label transgender. I'm tired of living with labels. I just want to be who I am. I am Sylvia Rivera. Ray Rivera left home at the age of 10 to become Sylvia. And that's who I am. And uh, there's this podcast called Making Gay History. And you can hear it. the first episode is um, that interview with her. Um, and it's just that's the entire podcast is just that interview with her um and then there's another episode of her in another interview of her and you can just hear her tell all these stories which i listened to that and then i watched another documentary which is i think it's just really the video of the recordings that i listened to plus other interviews but yeah she she was you know at the time when there was no labels for who she was she was proud of who she was and she was always there for her community she is now like 20 years after Stonewall, right? She She's considered the Rosa Parks of the modern trans movement. There was a group in New York City, uh, or I think it's all of New York, but they call, they're called the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, and it was named in, in her honor. It's a legal aid organization that aims to uh, serve low income or people of color who are trans, intersex, or gender nonconforming. And their goal is to guarantee that all people are free to self-determine gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race, without facing harassment or discrimination or violence. And just an example of some of the things they've done. They were instrumental in this court case, uh, Rodriguez versus Johnson. Uh, this is the case of Alyssa Rodriguez, a trans woman who was denied hormonal care and she was disciplined for effeminate gender expression while jailed in the Red Hook Residential Center. Uh, and so they were able to win her a settlement for emotional distress during her imprisonment. Um, but they just, they do things like that. Mm. And they, they are named in Sylvia Rivera's honor. And Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson both have uh, monuments and murals throughout the United States, including Greenwich Village <laughs> near the Stonewall Inn. There's a monument of both of them. Um, and then I mentioned the park, but there's a park named after her in Italy. But her, uh, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson, they're both, even though they, you know, they are recognized for everything that they've done and for like speaking out, you know, for trans people and they are remembered as ve veterans of Stonewall, like things. I mean, some things have changed for trans people, right? But they remain the most marginalized community, especially Black trans women. Um, like yeah. I already said, they both represent that, like, group, right, of um, low-income or even unhoused. They both suffered from substance abuse, Um discrimination based on their race and gender you know but um i did want to add like even though they are like remembered by many and their legacies like you know super important like 
things still are not great for trans women. Just yesterday, there was a, um, well, there was a, a case in which there was a trans woman, a black trans woman who was murdered. And if, I mean, I feel like people should know this by now, but black trans women are the most m- murdered group in the United States. And I mean, other countries too. But uh, just yesterday on the 27th of May, a man was found not guilty of the murder of a trans woman. Um, she, her preferred name was Angie Smith. And when you look at the case on like the news, if you Google this case, they like straight up dead name her and they say murder of a man pretending to be mm. a woman. Like, and it's like, guys, it's 2022. If she was, if she was trans, like, why are you yeah, putting out headlines like this? That's, that's messed up. But that's what they all that's what all the headlines say. Um, so I'm going to be calling her Angie Smith because that's what she went by. But um, so this man, he was an ex football player for some Virginia college and he um, met her on Tinder. And so the first time they met, they did their thing, whatever. And then he suspected that she was not, quote unquote, a biological woman. And but they met again. And on the second occasion they met, after oral intercourse, the um, guy who murdered her, he groped her to check for genitals, which is like, what the fuck? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Disgusting behavior, yes. But then when he found like out, he proceeded to beat her to death. Like every, every, every bone in her body was like broken. He oh my did God. this because she was trans. And he got off free. He yesterday he was um, declared. Not but why? Guilty. So it honestly sounds like that uh, a trans slash gay panic defense. Oh my god! But this defense isn't allowed in Virginia. So what they said is that he claims he thought she had a weapon, and so he defended himself and he won. But like how? How when? <laughs> Uh, I don't even have words. I just like the whole notion of the, the gay, what is it called? Gay panic? Yes. Defense. It's just ridiculous because just because you thought someone was different, it doesn't give you the right yeah, and to like, be violent yeah. towards them. Just if, if and and whatever, like we can, it, it is transphobic it is. and homophobic yeah. to, to be like, no, I like I won't date you because you're trans. But you could just leave. <laughs> you could just leave mm-hmm. and just get your transphobic ass out of there. The instead fact, of fucking the fact being he went violent back, though. Oh god. Because he met up with her once and he suspected after that. And he met up with yeah. her a second time. And this is where he did the thing to confirm and then proceeded to beat her to death. And it's like he didn't have to go back. If he felt this was if he felt disgusted, if he felt this was his suspicion, why did he want yeah. to meet up with her again? Right? Yeah. And it's just messed up. And this, yeah, this happened in Blacksburg, Virginia. And uh, I mean, yeah, just yesterday he, he was pronounced not guilty and it's just disgusting. Like by a jury or? Yeah. Who are those jurors? Like, let me tell you. No, no, <laughs> their names are not. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what if, what if every time, because it's also this thing and it's like, um, like gay men who've been murdered by other men, right? And they'll, they'll use that gay panic excuse or defense, whatever. Um, and they're like, oh, but he was just shocked and whatever. And like, imagine if women responded with violence every time a man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Harassed you, stalked you, uh, made advances, uh, unwanted advances towards you, groped you. Imagine that, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. No, I don't want to use that word either, but yeah, it's just, it's gross and sad and it's, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that I can't stand too is when um, TERFs say that uh, trans women, like identifying as women, puts women at risk, blah, blah, blah. 
because, you know, men attack women and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, but you're ignoring the fact that trans women are the most victimized, the most abused, the most killed by men too. So like, just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just shut up. (laughs) But yeah, I was just looking it up just to see, but yeah, everything here says, Trial begins for former Virginia Tech charged with, hold on, murder of man. Yeah, they all say this, but yeah, he was found not guilty. The guy that killed her. And, but it's this, it's sad. It's like all these CBS, ESPN, ABC News. They all refer, or miss, um, what's it called? Misgender? misgender yeah mm-hmm. they all misgender her and it's just even in death they can't like respect trans women mm-hmm. but i mean i feel like uh you know with it being pride and talking about sylvia rivera and Marsha p johnson it was important to mention <sighs> but yeah that is uh everything i had um but yeah i wanted to go into a little more detail because i didn't know much about her and she her, I mean, her being Latina, Latina, oh no, Latina, I guess. Yeah, my bad. Her being Latina really played into, on top of all the other discrimination she faced, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I mean, I guess b- before we end, I should say that I know it takes time for like cis people like ourselves to learn about uh, using correct pronouns, asking people what pronouns they prefer to use. Uh, let me tell you, I was one of those assholes, those oh, transphobic assholes that refused to do this. I was, I'm going to add in, I was in the army and just the culture. Well, that explains it all. Yes, the culture in the army was very, like at the time, I didn't, you know, realize it. And now very I'm like, toxic masculinity. Yeah, masculinity. holds up the patriarch. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, there was two trans soldiers and they were mistreated like hell. They were uh, in and out of like behavioral health, obviously because everyone picked on them, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and like, I remember distinctly one of my PAs was like, he kept misgendering. And I was so confused. Cause I was like, I thought I didn't, I didn't even know he was trans. I thought he was, a cis mm-hmm. man because that's what he appeared as so i was saying mm-hmm. he and then my pa kept correcting me saying she and i was so fucking confused i was like and 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 then my ass didn't go and ask the person like what are your pronouns right mm-hmm. but um their pronouns were he and and my pa was so insistent on like misgendering um yeah. them and i was just like they further confused and i i just went along with what he said because he was my my mm-hmm. superior you know but mm-hmm. yeah it was shitty of me and like you know now i can say wow i was such a shitty ass person <laughs> but i've yeah learned. and and while we we can't undo the harm that we've done mm-hmm. by you know being ignorant i guess or being willfully mean about things mm-hmm. because we all we all grow up in this patriarchal cis culture right and all we can do is learn and you know we can't undo the past but we can try to be better every day and that you know that's it <laughs> yes no that was beautiful that was a beautiful nut to end on <laughs> um so yeah thanks for listening and we will catch everyone next episode bye bye